This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Yusuf Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, indeed. Revitalised, refreshed, I'm good. Yeah, very good indeed. Revitalised and refreshed? Yes. And it's only the 11th of January. Absolutely. Look at you go. <laughs> Listen, live my best life. In my bag. <laughs> uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, um, wherever you are. Uh, today we're gonna just uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about um, Franz Beckenbauer's passing. We recorded the last episode just just before the news broke on uh, Monday. Uh, we're gonna round up some games from this week because there was some pretty feisty cup games this week, mm. and then we might talk a little bit about the Bundesliga. A couple of transfers, one going out, one coming in, maybe. Apart from that, don't forget to check Wrighty's house on Friday. Um, is there any other admin? I don't think there is any other. We'll be admin. getting some stuff up on the website again soon. There'll be more, more football stuff. We will be. Yeah yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, before we get onto the football, and the news broke on Monday that Franz Beckenbauer passed away. Mm. Arguably Germany's best ever player. I think that's fair. The first player ever, to, the first person ever to win the World Cup as a captain and as a manager. Wow. Um, extraordinary footballer revolutionised the game. I mean, how many can say that? The deep-lying playmaker. There's a goal he scored. I, I, don't, I don't remember the opposition, but he, he basically advanced into the opposition box by playing three one-twos mm. from deep in his own box. I mean, unreal. Imagine back. Yeah, I would recommend like basically anyone who isn't super familiar. <laughs> I'm going to sound like Shaq here. I wasn't familiar, overly familiar with your game. Mm. But um, anyone who maybe just doesn't really know because obviously he, he he retired I think before I think before I was born um, he did um, 
but we've all seen videos of those classic World Cups and those classic buying teams. And mm. you know, when you move to like New York Cosmos, that part of that, that era. Of- I was going to say, I didn't retire before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a few years on me with sort of Quanga. Yeah, tell me about it. Anyway, so and carry, a f- carry. And a few fellowships as well. Wow, really? Are we doing this? Yeah, maybe, maybe I've got to, we've got to age a bit more before I, uh, but no, I'd recommend anyone who, any, especially any younger listeners to go and dig out some YouTube clips of Franz Beckenbauer, because I think there's, there's been a bit, um, there's a big debate with a lot of modern football stuff about, you know, comparing players of different eras. And I think skill set wise, he's, he's a player who I think could have adapted. I mean, all players would have adapted yeah. in theory to any era but I think he, he, the skill set that he had I think would have been as relevant now him in particular was like the there's, there's a direct line between him and John Stones and Guardiola and Virgil all those Dijk, everything all they're doing kind of, yeah. everything those defenders are doing now and some will say oh you're old fogies no generally Beckenbauer is someone I mean look this is a footballer who is twice Ballon d'Or winner Wow. How many defensive yeah. players win it even once? The man did it twice. Mm. Three straight European Cups as captain, like absolute bona fide stone cold. Like if you look at people whose skill set adapts to now, remember like Pele died to hold the highlights and I was going, oh my God, Pele invaded all the skills. Mm-hmm. And Erling Haaland just came out and said, anything you see now, any forward doing, it's because Pele did it first. It's absolutely the same for Beckenbauer. Like mm. those, those are two players who, if you put them in the modern game right now, with a bit of like conditioning modern medicine, they would absolutely be at the very top of the modern game right now. That's not even, mm. a, to me, that's not even a question. I think they were that good. What a legacy. Yeah, what a legacy. There's a really, really great piece that I'd recommend everyone reading from Andy Brassel on The Guardian about Beckenbauer. It talks about, uh, he wasn't without his controversies. No, absolutely not. Particularly post-career, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of a player, they're obviously great players, but there are a few players who whose legacy will be held up as like the gold standard of a position. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. I think that he, if you were going to go, I mean, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is one for a conceptual episode one day, like the gold standard 11. That is a great, that is such a great concept. Maybe, maybe not arguably the greatest of all time in any position or whatever, but held up as the gold standard for that particular position. The one against whom all others are measured. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's I. You know, you look at we're jumping out of ourselves, but you look at someone like the Brazilian Ronaldo as a nine. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's, he's the, the constant the, comparison, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, that, you have the, to go the through the one that the the person that people the the person that the greats coming through are always compared. Absolutely, to. also known as the final boss eleven. <laughs> the final boss eleven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I went and rewatched a load of um, Beckenbauer highlights the other day and. There are some players that you just, you can't, you know, the back of your mind, some of the stuff they do, you just go smooth, smooth. Just floated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting watching, because it's been a while since I've seen any, any Beckenbauer stuff, but um, actually how, how well the get, like his specific game has aged. Yes. Yeah, totally. Probably Germany's best ever player. Yeah. And it'll have to go a long way. I don't know how you'd, I don't know how far you'd go to top that, to be honest. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress 
with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, man, let's do some football because easy on the fixture list this week. That's right, that's right. Maybe they had a little WhatsApp group for the games this week and they were like, should we ramp the chaos up a bit? Because there were some, excuse uh, excuse my language, but there were some fucking chaotic games this week. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't in, much of what happened in, was a lot. To be fair, it, to be fair, it, with with no disrespect or anything, but in a few games that in terms of the the ranking of importance mm. isn't ginormous. Yeah, those you know? those games had no business being that chaotic. But I kind of I think there's a freedom to say like sometimes Super Cup games or League Cup games they or you know like the first um, the derby the Madrid derby. Well, yeah, but also there was a Rome derby oh, as that, well. Yeah, just uh, chaos. Yeah, oh my god. I'm just surprised Mourinho got none of the Reds. I, do you know what I was? Because he got sent off on Sunday, uh, on, on the weekend again, which we didn't even mention on the show. It's now so normal. It's normalised it. It made me realise that there was one, I, I, I should have put it in, I think it was the existential moment of the year award for the Stadios, but it was when uh, Mourinho did his kind of, yeah, you're always talking celebration when they got that late winner against Monza. Mm. And he knew that the Red was coming. He didn't even say anything. He just got up and went. He and I was it. a bit like, oh, I was a bit annoyed that I didn't put that in the studios because that was a really good moment. <laughs> um, I mean, where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin with the Madrid derby in the in the se- semi final of the Spanish Super Cup quickly? Uh, I think we probably yeah. Why I don't not? think we need to go too no, long we, on we, these we, because we, we, they're yeah, you know be quick, because yeah. I mean it's the Super Cup, but like so the really short- really fun game, a hilarious a hilarious game. Eight goals. In fact, there was a big thing this week. The theme this week was dodgy bounces over the goalkeepers. You say dodgy bounces, you're like Jocelyn's header. I mean, <laughs> no, because- I was also talking about like the own goal, Rudiger's own goal, which went over. There was another one. I um, still can't work in- out what happened. It was like, did he hit there was on one his in the League foot? Cup as well, I think. The one, the one that so Madrid beat. So the headline is um, in the semi-final Spanish Super Cup. Well, one of the semi-finals, obviously. Yeah, we're calling this header the other one. Real Madrid beat uh, Atletico Madrid 5-3. Um, <laughs> this game was hilarious. Genuinely hilarious. Uh, I suppose the highest technical moments is a spectacular goal from Griezmann, who's been lights so out good. for a spectacular goal. An absolutely hilarious goal by Josselu for the go-ahead that was kind of eventually the winner. <laughs> he seems to head the ball downwards, like under his foot, loops up over the keeper. <laughs> a friend in my WhatsApp group, my signal group said, one of my friends from our football team, he said, a goal so a finish so bad it was good. <laughs> well, it went down as it was so it it went down as a as a savage own goal. It's extraordinary. I mean, mm. so headed it down towards his body and it looped up over the keeper, which is pretty wild. Um, I did like the uh, on the Dzone commentary of this game. Uh, was it Dzone or Sport Digital? I can't remember. Anyway, the, when the, the Yoslu goal went in, they were like the former Hoffenheim, Frankfurt, and Hanover man. <laughs> <laughs> really Always claiming it, it, yeah. <laughs> really giving it the German angle, <laughs> which I very much enjoyed. I was just like, oh, nice to hear Hanover getting a shower in the Spanish Super Cup. Don't hit it often, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wild game. Jude didn't score, but he was influential, deeply influential. Throughout. I mean, he was he was very influential in just uh, playing hype man. Yeah, he spent a lot of time hyping the crowd up. But um, the the funny thing, the, the great thing about this game was that 
Hermoso gives uh, Atleti the lead after, what, six minutes with a header from a corner. And then Rudiger equalises with a header from the corner. And then Fulhamundi with a lovely, lovely finish, actually, to put uh, Real Madrid in front. And then Griezmann's goal, like you mentioned, I think was the pick of the bunch. Mm, right? I think so. Although, I think Brian Diaz is, is up there for a contender because... Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but like Danny Carvajal... Uh, equalizes because Anto- Antonio Rudiger's own goal, which uh, was a, such a weird one. I I I was convinced they were going to rule that out. That one super weird. Kepa comes for the ball, and I don't think that Morata is fouling him, but it's just one of those that you you're like they're going to give this as a foul because it's just it looks like the keeper's being fouled. Do you know what I mean? Almost like the goal that no one wanted, including Morata himself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, so unsightly. No one wants that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Carvajal equalising for... A couple of efforts um, from Jude and then Carvajal yeah. following up, putting in the corner. Do you know what? That goal was actually really, really fun because it was just like, oh, someone's hit a shot and it's been blocked. Oh, there's another shot and been blocked. And then Carvajal was just like, was out of shot. Yeah. And it was one of those ones, you know, where the ball breaks in the box and you're like, there's a noise here, but we can't see the player in shot yet. Yeah. But the people in the stadium can see it. And then all of a sudden they appear. The yeah, and yeah. they're just like... Love it holy shit, it's got in. Then it went to extra time. Uh, we talked about the Yosselu goal, yeah. which ended up being a savage own goal. And then... Uh, the Bram Diaz is a really good goal. The Bram Diaz goal was great, right? So this is in the stop, in stoppage time at the end of extra time. Uh, Atleti have a throw, I think. Uh, deep in the Real Madrid half. He wasn't quite up for the corner, but he was almost playing the Manuel Neuer against South Korea role. I know, you know I enjoyed this goal. I've got a theory about this, but anyway, carry on. Why I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I've got a theory about it. Our Black's neither staying nor going. He's kind of in no man's land. <laughs> and he gets a good, I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but I would say 20-yard head start on Brian Diaz. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the thing about it is that you can kind of, there are a few moments where you can completely relate to professional athletes as someone who's never played a professional sport, right? <laughs> but I know that feeling. Or black in the foot race of Bram Diaz. And you could just, he's, he's getting, he's gaining, he's gaining, he's gaining, and he overtakes him. And to be fair, the finish is excellent. This, he has no time to really settle himself. High up on the right flank because he hits at the moment he wins the foot race. Mm. That's what makes it remarkable as a finish. Because it's, I mean, the reason you love it is because actually it's, it's total chaos. That's why you it's love so it. Chaos. And I think it's your favourite. favourite. I think if you had to name your 10 goals of all time, one of them would be a goal like that. It would be like a break. Yeah. I think half of them would be goals from when the keepers come up. Because my favourite thing in football, in fact, actually, do you know that, um, is it Brian's Gun? The yes, Twitter yes, account that so does those fun. amazing montages. Uh, I would love, if, if, if anyone who does that account is listening, I would love them to do a montage purely of keepers running back from going up for corners. <laughs> That's it. Cause it's the, it's the only thing that is better than a keeper coming up for the I corner. Knew it. I the knew sight it. of a keeper running back from going up one, for a corner. I, knew, I, like, like, I know this. I know you too well. It's one of your favorite things. <laughs> it's like, Oh no, what have I done? What have I done? But, um, it was actually an amazing finish. It was. Yeah. And it sealed it for Real Madrid. And they'll, uh, they'll play the winners of Barcelona or Osasuna. Something feels weirdly significant about this. I know it's only like a Spanish pick up semi, but there's something about Real Madrid clicking into gear when a trophy is at stake. Just yeah. as a kind of a testing ground, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like in, yeah. in the NBA right now, they've got the NBA Cup, the in-season tournament. Mm. This is kind of the in-season tournament for Real Madrid in terms of, let's just tune up, let's win this, mm. or let's really go after it. 
And it's significant, I think, again, that they've got those, those five scorers as well. Obviously, there's no own goal and Bellingham not among them. And there's really, it's interesting to watch Real Madrid just ease into a bit of form where the goals, you know, we've said they need goals from different parts of the team. Mm. And it does feel like the last month or so, they've really been a bit more expansive in ways that are quite impressive. So yeah, the beast is stirring. Mm. The beast of Madrid is stirring. All right, so where do you want to go next? Do you want to go, uh, do you want to go Italy? We have to go there. <laughs> Lazio versus Roma. Uh, Dali Debe Della Capitale in the quarterfinal of the Coppa Italia. Lazio winning 1-0 thanks to a Zaccagni penalty. Um, three red cards after 90 minutes. First one was Pedro. Got a second, book, second booking. Um, and then did the classic 30 seconds after he'd been showed the red, he turned around and kind of did the me. The, the me. That's for me. The way he steamed it was that, like, the way he steamed into that argument for the second yellow was like, the, you know, these reds had like, all had like straight red energy. Yeah. Like they were like, I want a red for this. Like it was his second yellow, but he was like, yeah, it could have been a red. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Romelu Lukaku had a, an overhead kick that scared the shit out of the commentators just before <laughs> full time. But on the replay, it was miles away. Yeah. <laughs> well, also he sold it well in his reaction. Yeah, he did. So his reaction was like, wow, oh my God, oh God, that was inches over. Oh my that God. was and so then, close. Yeah, oh, then you see it again, mm, really wrongly. <laughs> but yeah, then two, two more red cards after the final whistle. One from Asmoon, who kind of decided to uh, grab and slap. As we, as we say in basketball, he was in foul trouble. Mm, you know, really much was. of his appearance. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Gianluca Mancini got sent off. Uh, he came on Asmoon, right? Yes. So you talk about making up for lost time. There's, there's some players who are in a hurry. We talk about existential Reds, players on a journey. I think all three Reds were existential. I, I think mean, they, were. Yeah. they were. They is were, it, they were. Is really there an were. argument to be had that every Red in a derby is existential? That is, do you know what? Now that's an excellent argument. That may be the best take you've delivered on Red Cards. Really? Yeah, I think so. Thanks, man. I appreciate because, that. Yeah, I think what they caught, now I'm going to, as Ian would say, I'm going to, you know, I've gone to that place, you know, as Ian says, I've, 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 I've gone to that place where you're thinking now of the Reds, that the Gerrard is still the gold standard, the Gerrard and the Derby. Oh, a minute God. after coming, that is the absolute gold standard. You talk about a final boss red card. You know, when people talk about records and they're just, and they're like, it'll never be beaten. It'll never, ever be beaten. It'll never be beaten. That red card will never, ever be beaten as an existential red card. That is the deepest of all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so multi-layered. I actually would love to interview a group of those players about those existential reds. Not, not, I don't mean like the, the cruel fouls. Actually, that's a really good idea for a show we should do. Interview five players solely about one red card that they got. Right, and so I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't mean card. violent ones. We just mean like those ones no, where no, you've no, just, no, no, no. you've said something or you've had that moment. You're like, oh, like. Although it was a stamp. Yeah. Does that class as violent? Uh, I think, I think, I don't want, I don't want harm. I don't want the sort of a harmful. You're not looking for like reds that were like harmed. Van Persie in Barcelona. Prime example. Yeah, I would love exactly. to interview Van Persie about Barcelona. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to interview Valverde about the one against them um, in the Derby one. Well, the, do you not remember the most, like one of the best, top five days in Stadio history was when that quote came out when he was just like, all I could hear is Sergio Ramos screaming, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like, oh my fucking God. That is terrifying. Um, so anyway, Lazio won, <laughs> Roman nil. Yes. Uh, Jose wasn't among the sending offs this time, but uh, Lazio went through. 
Do you want to go to uh, another game from this week, which was, I think, one of the most eye-catching results of the week? Yeah, Atlanta beating Milan in Milan. Yes. Yeah, Gasparini sent off for descent, and then Milan got a goal up. Gorgeous finish from Rafael Liao. So good. And then Coop Miners gets a couple, and Atlanta go through. They go back. Like, that is such an impressive victory in that context, actually, for Atlanta. Really yeah. up against it. You know, the Gasparini sending off and they're going a goal down. You just think they're done. But they, they managed to pull it out. Rare from Gasparini. Yeah, right. No, this is, this is what makes it so special. Yeah, like, really? Like you? You're going? But maybe that was the spark they needed. True, actually. Maybe it was all orchestrated. The master plan. It was like, you know, when Pop gets ejected for the Spurs, you know, get the yeah. crowd hyped, get the players a little bit more like, being like, all right, we need, we need a bit of energy here and we need to play for something. And, you know, Pop's just like, yeah, I'm going to get ejected. And he's just like, Blah, 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 at, the ref, at the refs and they're just like get out of pantomime yeah it's like get out get out um, so anyway uh, Atalanta are going to play Fiorentina in the next round who had a really impressive penalties victory over a Bologna. very good Bologna team yeah yeah. I love that actually a fourth versus fifth game in the Coppa Italia yeah two of the more surprised teams I would say in, in Serie A too this absolutely year. yeah, yeah. Um, there was a couple of uh, League Cup games in, in England this week there were indeed do you want to start with... Uh, with start the headline. Middlesbrough beating Chelsea with a goal from Hackney. Lovely near post finish. Very good win for Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough. Fine coach. Mm. Fine good team. Good game, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Because I thought they defended quite well. Um, but Chelsea missed. That Cole chances. Palmer one. Well, which... There were two, I think the, he should have scored. The one that he put wide of the right hand upright. Yeah. Maybe that. Because just... Well, the one after the where the... Um, uh, where Glover palmed it down and right. I think he probably should have done better there as well now I know that Glover kind of like clattered into him afterwards it was, it was a contested shot but mm. I, think he, I think he could have had a couple Cole Palmer the thing about Cole Palmer I would say in relation to the miss I suppose it's a good thing for him it's now that he's seen as a striker like mm. he's been so when, when, you, when you see him miss a chance why is it like with that, Chelsea and trying to put these kind of attacking midfielders as strikers it's wild, but yeah, goodness, yeah. But it was also injuries, and in their defence, it is injuries, isn't it? I still think Chelsea will progress through this tie. I think they'll win at Stamford Bridge. Liverpool coming from behind to beat Fulham 2-1 at Anfield. A lovely goal from Willian. Yeah, very nice. Scoring. Yeah, two touches and a great finish near post. Old school. Also made an unbelievable sound. There are certain goals that just have this slight delayed reaction because the crowd's at the other end, and you can just... Oh, just oh yeah, nice he scores the cop doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, two goals in the second half for Liverpool. Curtis Jones, by the way, this could be the season for him, actually. If he stays healthy and fit, this year, I think, is the year where I think he elevates into, he's no longer a young player coming through at Liverpool. He's, he's the, it's Curtis Jones plus two in the midfield. I love that. I think he's mega. I mean, you've been... On that hype train. Do you know what it is? It's you like, have been on the Curtis Jones you know hype that, train You know that everyone's got their, like, Thomas Muller, like, you know, Muller always plays, Van yeah. Hal said, and I think, I think he's... I think he's Klopp's. I think in the sense that you can just plug him in mm. any one of six positions if you had to. If you had to, and he would just, he'd deliver to a high, a high level. All right, well, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk some Bundesliga stuff. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? 
you take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, man, the Bundesliga's back this weekend, but we're not going to talk necessarily about the Bundesliga directly, but a couple of things that are around it. Mm. We're going to talk about a couple of transfers. First of all, I think we should talk about Timo Werner going on loan to Spurs. Which I love. I do too. I love it. I, I love it. I'm also, there's part of me that is preparing to be slightly underwhelmed by it. But I don't, but I don't, I think that's just because of the Chelsea and then the return to Leipzig. Chelsea moves and then the return to Leipzig. Although I still, th- we've talked about this numerous times before, but I still think he did better at Chelsea than he's maybe given credit for. Mm. In his all-round play, obviously the goal scoring, there was a big thing about how many chances he missed and his performance against XG, etc. But I really like this for Spurs and I really like it for Werner because I feel that there is a really dynamic group of players at Spurs this season who yeah they've had wobbles and stuff like that but we know why they had a huge injury list but I think that the direction and the clarity of what they need to do or what they're being asked to do this season under Ange Postacoglu it's probably going to be a little bit more chill than it was under Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea yeah that's for sure we'll talk about this with Jaden Sancho in a little bit but I think it's underrated how how difficult it can be to return to clubs in the Bundesliga after you've made a big move away from them. Mm. And that, that Leipzig side had kind of moved on from that old school trio of like Werner, Paulsen uh, and Forsberg as like yeah. the main attacking trio. Yes. Um. And also, you know, I, I mean, you had the Tedesco to Rosa thing, and I think that could be, you know, they had a few different changes of style under in the last few years at Leipzig, and I think that Marco Rosa has has got them playing a very different way to I think they were playing a while ago. But yeah, I'm interested to see what you thought about it because you're obviously, I think you've always been 
quite high on Timo Werner. I am, and I still am, because he look, he's the one, I keep talking about this, but he's the one forward that Pep Guardiola couldn't work out. Mm. He couldn't work him out. And that, to me, will always rank him high in my estimation. The thing I love about him is that, the thing I love about this fit for Ange is that, you know, even when Richarlison wasn't scoring, Pastor Coglu said he gives us so much other than goals, so much else than mm. goals. And being about Werner, it's great. It actually takes the pressure off because Werner can come into this team knowing that if he doesn't score, and even if he doesn't assist, he's still contributing a huge amount. That's a great mm. amount of freedom to come into. He's come into this team as well without the expectation of being the primary goal scorer. Um, not even necessarily the primary creator. So it's a, it's a total, it's a win-win for him because the expectations aren't bust, actually. You know, the, mm. the, the Spurs ship is already sailing. He's merely joining it. He's one extra, one extra person on board. And I think that fits him well because I, I do think he's got unfinished business. I do think there's a level of quality we've not seen him show yet in the Premier League. And I, I think he's ready for it. And, and the, I say that only because if you look at all the players, who Postacoglu has improved mm. or not even necessarily improved, but whose best he has extracted from them or helped them to extract from themselves. I just think the Van will slot into that really well. I just think the style of football he plays, finding gaps, combining well, um, you know, movement at his best is extremely useful, you know, exceptionally quick. I just think that's all, that's all great for Spurs, actually. Do you think he's going to play against Manchester United? Because they're missing a few players on international duty for the weekend and for the foreseeable. Slot him in, why not? Could be interesting one to, to start him in. They've got a really nice range of forwards now, Spurs. Kulosevsky, Son, Richarlison up in there. Like, really. See, the Kulosevsky thing is interesting because I think that, um, obviously, when Son returns and these players return from the international duty, I think a front three of Son, Kulosevsky and Werner or Son, as one, Werner, com- as one combination, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that the way that those two move and the way that Werner has, is really quite unselfish in the way that he creates space for other strikers. Right. He is a really good Foil. strike partner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I think that three just provides Spurs, especially when James Madison comes back, that three is going to occupy any back four. This is it. Right. And allow space in behind. And with this, the, just the difference between Spurs this year and last year is just, I just think they look a lot more dynamic and a lot more fluid. When everyone is back fit, that is... As an option, this is the thing. This is why I really, say it's, this, it's a really good This option, is why I'm excited by it because I just think, you know, modern football is about squads that provide a variety of attacking threats and mm. he complements everyone else really well. I think he's one of those players that could actually fit with... If you look at forwards that could fit with two other forwards really, really well, in terms of like, compa- like his compatibility rating with the forwards, mm. like his compatibility rating is, I think, really high. He's the kind of, yeah, he's the kind of footballer forward that other forwards look at and go, I'd love to play with that guy. Like he could create a mm. lot of space and opportunity for me, definitely. He's sh- a big move for him though as tree. well. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big move for him because he's 27 now. Mm. I feel like this has kind of got to work for him, especially ahead of the Euros. Yeah. But Timo Werner has always struck me as someone that will find a place to land properly. The neutral in me really hopes it is Spurs because I think he could genuinely do something quite exciting there under Postacoglu mm. with, that, with that configuration. I think it's a very different thing to go into Chelsea, especially at the time. Like, that was a big, big move. I just think it's amazing that you can be instrumental in the Champions League, cha- Champions League triumph 
and still be questioned. But that, that's I mean, also Kai that, Harvest, the, that, the guy who scored the winner in the that is still yeah. And Venice form in that run up, Venice form against Real Madrid just absolutely tore them apart. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see how that wet. works out yeah. for Spurs. It's a good piece by Seb Stafford Blora on the Athletic about that, by the way, which I'd recommend going reading. But uh, very sensible Spurs fan, Seb Stafford Blora. Sensible Seb, Seb Stafford Blore. Sensible Seb. Oh God, he's going to hate that. He's absolutely yeah. hate it. Yeah. Happy New Year, Seb. Keep it in. <laughs> um. Let's talk about a transfer the other way, another loan deal. Mm. Jaden Sancho returning to Dortmund from Manchester United. Uh, David Ornstein reported on The Athletic that apparently they reached a deal, a loan agreement with a deal valued a minimum of 3.5 million euros. Dortmund won't pay all his salary, but will contribute and United will stand to receive potential bonus payments based on his performances. What do you think about this? It's great to see an English player getting Champions League football. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Uh, I wonder, I just want him to get back to some measure of form. I don't you know, we're not expecting to see the Jadon Sancho that left for Manchester United. I don't know if he can get back to that level. That's my one, that's my one thing that I worry about. I just want him to get back if he can get back to 70% of that, 70, 75% of that, then I think that's a success. Actually, just because the bloater's confidence the last couple of years, I just can't manage. I can't imagine. But what is also good is that he comes back into a Dortmund side with a range of options. So it won't be immediate pressure on him to come and perform because you've got Adiemi in the mix. You know, Actually, funnily enough, Dortmund have got a pretty decent forward line. My one slight concern is is he still quite, is he quite far down now the pecking order? It's really, really, it's going to be really, really important to kind of, I've just said this, like, can you get back to that form? But it's going to be really important for him to almost treat this as a reset, not as a kind of continuation of, let me pick up where I left off, but actually this is absolutely new. Mm. And I don't know if he'll nail it, if he comes to it with a sense of regret or time lost, he has to just put that all behind him and, and really go for it. But if he does that, Dortmund have got a range, again, like, rather like Spurs, a range of really exciting attacking options. It's an interesting time for Dortmund because um, there's been a lot of talk about players being unhappy with Edin Terzic or some players being unhappy with Edin Terzic. They've come in for a lot of criticism in the first half of the season for maybe lack of tactical flexibility or mm. lack, of tact- a, a lack of a clearly defined tactical plan at all. And in the winter break, they had uh, Nuri Shine and Sven Bender joined as assistants mm. to Terzic, which I think is, a, is really, really interesting because there was a lot of talk that Terzic might leave. The initial reports about Shine coming in, there were a lot of people who suggested that he would replace Terzic in the summer, which kind of got dismissed. Mm. And you also got Vatska announcing that he'll, he'll go at the end of next season. There's an interesting generation rejoining the club in a coaching slash administrative level. Yeah. I think it's something that could be really, really good for Dortmund because you know, Sebastian Kehl is the sporting director there now. He played under Klopp. Uh, Sven Bender played under Klopp. Schein played under Klopp. You've got people who were around as players of that, that kind of generation that a lot of Dortmund fans, and to be honest, Vatska has continually referenced that era in Dortmund's history. We talk about this quite a lot. Mm. But they're now being put in positions to actually 
um, create change within yeah. the football club. Mm. And I think it's really interesting. It's going to be a really, I think it might get worse before it gets better. But I think it's a really interesting period for Dortmund. And I, Sancho played such a key role for Terzic in that cup win. Mm. I do wonder whether returning to England, especially around the time that it happened, you know, post Euros, all this kind of stuff. I wonder whether that was the best thing for him. Um, I'm not entirely, I'm still not entirely convinced he wanted to go. I think going to a club like Manchester United at the time that seemed to have such a, a void in terms of clear direction at a leadership level. I mean, we've seen it with numerous situations over the last few years, how there just seems to be this complete lack of responsibility and leadership at the executive level. He was bought with absolutely no plan for him. Yeah, but also yeah. <laughs> for any Manchester United fans who are rolling their eyes and being like, yeah, but, you know, good riddance or whatever. Yeah, I think maybe he... I think it, I think it can be hard to overstate how much of a culture shock that is. Because, for example, even like recently going to the Bayern Dortmund, uh, the Dortmund Bayern game and seeing Harry Kane come out of um, the mix zone, no one asked him a question. This is Harry Kane, the England captain, mm. right? And he's playing football in a place that he's not getting repeatedly pulled in for, for questions after games. Yeah. It's even at the very top level in Germany, the, com- the noise compared to England, especially if you're an English player, is so minimal. Yeah. Yeah. You're really left alone. And the thing that I hope is that, well, there's two things. I hope that he can return to, or he can kind of maybe feel like he can clear his head a bit. He's got away from, from the noise. He's in a more positive environment. People who really want him to succeed. I think Terzic really loved him. Mm. And they will be glad to see him back there. I mean, <laughs> Vasca financially we'll be really, really glad to see him back there because he's like, well, if we're going to, if we are going to get you back, we're going to pay like a fraction yeah. of what we sold you for. Um, my concern is that returning to a place like Dortmund after what has happened at Manchester United maybe negates the positives mm. because you're, you're not going into it like you were as a, 16 year old 17 year old and you're not coming through as an unknown you're going back there with a lot of spotlight on you and we've seen already with certain other Manchester United players who go out to loan elsewhere like they get covered more than they would do if they were just there Mm. and had nothing to do with Manchester United the other slight concern for me sorry I know I've been going on for ages the only the other slight concern for me is the form of some players who return to Dortmund Shinji Kagawa however they they did it at a different point in their career Jaden Sancho is still 23 years old. He's kind of still in the window of player that Dortmund would sign. So I'm hoping that it's different. Um, I'm trying to kind of temper my expectations a little bit. I don't think he'll start straight away. If he does, I'll be super surprised. Um, but you've also got someone like Jamie Bino Gittins there who is quietly putting together quite an impressive season. Right, there it is. You know? yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to um, disrupt that disrupt someone's development, especially on some on someone who's a temporary measure at the moment. So I feel like he will be used as an option off the bench for the rest of the season unless he, he just kicks into form. And, and do you know actually who he might be a good good option instead of is someone like Marco Royce? Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sancho playing a little bit more centrally sometimes actually, or drifting centrally. I'd love Sancho to become the elder statesman like Royce has been. I'd love yeah. that for him. As a happy ending, I'd love that. 
I mean, to be honest, the ideal scenario, I think for us, especially because we're, we're big fans of Jadon Sancho as a footballer, some, I think it's, it's really, really hard to overstate how unbelievable that period was with him and Haaland uh, combining. We used to have a bit where it'd be like, Haaland goal, Sancho assist. It's right. just like... Automatic. Retweet, retweet, yeah. retweet. You know, it was... And it was... You know, I wrote that piece for The Ringer, which is like aged dreadfully a few years ago um well actually it's not aged dreadfully i think it's just aged quite it's poignant melancholically it's poignant yeah it's poignant yeah about hope ho- really hoping that there was a whatsapp group and really hoping that that lot were like let's stick, let's stick around for a couple of years i know dortmund's financial model is reliant on selling big players like that every now and again but if you look at what bellingham's gone on to do this season at real madrid you look at what Holland went on to do at manchester city not everyone is built that way, mm. right? And I think Sancho really thrived in a collective of shared responsibility in a football sense. And I think that when he went to Manchester United, I think the lights were so bright and the fee was so big and his hype was so hype. Mm. I think it, it's very different, you know? And I, I know that a lot of people won't have any sympathy for that, especially because of his wage packet. And I get that. But I think that that aside... I think we can all understand why that move didn't work out quite as well as yeah. it could have. I'm sad about it. I'm still sad about it. But, you know, I want them to go to Madrid, though. God. I want them to bypass the Premier League altogether. I mean, I was happy when United as a United fan because, of course, you want a player like that to be at your club. But for him as a player, I wish he'd just bypassed the Yeah, done altogether. what Jude had done. Yeah. Imagine if him and Jude link up again. At, uh, I mean, they only kind of crossed over briefly, but imagine if they link up again at... Uh, He's still good enough. He's still good enough. Still good enough. Anyway, yeah. I mean, for Manchester United, it's, while Ten Hag's there, he's not going to play, right? So for them, what's the, from a Manchester United point of view, what's the best scenario that he absolutely balls out? It's kind of, they're going to be kind of uh, criticised either way because if he goes there and absolutely balls out, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck were you doing? But Mm. they kind of need him to ball out to drive his value up so they can flip him in the summer. To be honest, I think they'll be all just look at it and be like, oh, the Bundesliga is just not a serious league. I think there'll be a lot of that dismissive talk. Watch them try. Ha <laughs> ha. Listen, all I'll say is this. Last I'll say is this. There's a parallel universe where Sancho, Oiland, and Rashford are United's front three and they're spectacular. I will always, this is, this is the thing, this is the hill I will die on. I firmly believe that a beautifully coached Sancho, Oiland, Rashford front three is one of the best front threes in Europe. I will always, I'll always subscribe to that. So that's that. That's my thoughts on that. And that is all I have to say about that. That's the ball game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. That's the podcast then. That's the podcast. Should we wrap there? I think we can wrap there. Keep it it breezy on a a Thursday. I'm very much looking forward to the Manchester United Spurs game now. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Intrigues. I want red cards and goals (laughs) as a neutral. Yeah, we'll be back on Monday. Um, like I mentioned, Wright's House on Friday. Go check that. Don't forget to check stadio.football. Scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in if you want to sign up for the newsletter. Um, and don't forget to check the Stadio Archers place on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out this episode on World According To, track called Wax, out on the great Strom label. Uh, anything you would like to add, Musa Gwanga? Nothing further. Sure? Absolutely sure. Have a lovely weekend, everyone. Much love. We'll be back with you on Monday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.